You're listening to Fairpoint. That's Craig Lewis. And this guy right here is Nathan Capiser. Merry Christmas. Oh man, Merry Christmas. I can't believe we've made it to Christmas. Oh, this is our He's Christmas not talking about the podcast episode. either. It's been a rough winter. It has been a rough <laughs> winter. I mean, it's not even winter yet. Tech well it, What? It just technically became winter, right? The, the solstice know, marks the that start of winter. calendar and the liberal media says, but as far as I'm concerned, winter It's, it's winter been snowing it for weeks. Snowing, yeah. Oh, last, so last year it was winter in September? Yep. Fair enough. Absolutely. <laughs> if it's snowing. I, I don't know. Do you remember that day last year? Um, the first snowfall, it was like, I remember waking up and going to work early. I worked at a warehouse and uh, on the way to work at like 5.30 in the morning, it was snowing out, and it was crazy. And then, like, by lunchtime, it was 60 degrees. <laughs> I think I do remember that, yes. I, w- I was just miffed. <laughs> That's Central New York for you. Uh, before we start, this is kind of on a somber note. Don't want to really go too deep into this. It's been a rough couple weeks for me. Like, within the same week, uh, two close people to me have died. Oh, man. Yeah, first off was my sister's boss, my friend's dad, my optometrist, Dr. Gary Marone, quickly and suddenly passed from, I believe it was pneumonia. It was just, it just hit so hard and so quick and nobody knew what happened. And I just, I want to, you know, give all my love and my prayers to the Marone family. I don't know if they listen to us. I don't know if, at least, you know, my friend, he might listen, but AJ, I love you, man. Uh, Sorry for your loss. The world, you know, the world really lost somebody great there. And while I was at the wake for my friend's father, I found out that my aunt had died. And she, that came quickly, too. She was diagnosed with lung cancer the week previous. And, with, you know, just within a week, it just spread rapidly and, and took her. Oh, my God. So a big battle, you know, for the family trying to keep everything together, especially around the holiday season, losing somebody. It's almost like the biggest test of keeping the spirit and, you know, joy alive and trying to push on and just honor their memory, I guess, instead of, you know, wallowing over the fact that they're just gone. Uh, I know they will want us to live our lives and, you know, do what we do. What we do. I'm sure they'd be like, yeah, keep podcasting. Do, do it. You, there's people. They need to hear you. You would turn this around to support your podcast, you shameless bastard. Oh, man, I, they they want um, you to. So you know, if yeah, you don't support our podcast, you're spitting on the memory of, of close. No, I'm kidding. 
Yeah, I'm, and, I'm very sorry to hear about your loss. I That's all right. And I already heard I didn't think you would be wanting to talk about it. I don't really want to talk but. about it, but I feel like just I want to put it out there and honor their memory. So now it's like permanent, you know, it's out there. And anybody that hears this knows, you know, that that person lived, that they lived and that they died. And they had an effect on somebody. And they did. They truly did. I uh, love you, Aunt Lori. Love you, Dr. Marone. With all due respect to the deceased, we don't want to keep this episode on a downer note. We got to turn it around sometime. So it's Christmas, and, uh, you know, I guess that's as enthusiastic as I'm going to get, like, transitioning from that. I can't, I can't muster up a full, ah, Merry Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas anyway. Yeah, uh, that's another it's, thing that bothers me, working in the uh, restaurant business, you know, we're advised not to tell people Merry Christmas. We're just supposed to say Happy Holidays. Well, yeah, I'm sure in retail, that makes same sense, thing. though, man. Not yeah, it does, does celebrate but Christmas. To me, but if they're choosing like, to listen to our podcast, that's different. Fair enough. Merry fucking Christmas. You're to, listening to the Santa Claus episode, asshole. Merry Christmas or get the fuck out. This is America. <laughs> Seriously, though, like, I never really understood that. Like, sure, I'll say Happy Holidays to people, but honestly, if someone was to wish me a Happy Hanukkah, or a joyous Kwanzaa. And, you know, I don't celebrate those, but I'd be like, fucking A. You know, they're meaning well. They're they're but, wishing me well for this season. Whether I believe in it or not, that's so, what they believe in. So, so cool, is, good It for is you. irrational for somebody to get offended and upset by somebody wishing them a merry holiday they don't celebrate. But a business can't allow that because if they allow you to say Merry Christmas, then they're allowing somebody else to say Happy Hanukkah, somebody else to say Happy Kwanzaa, and all they need for, you know, random example is some asshole racist redneck to, like, pitch a fit about it and shit, you know, or like... Or, you know, we're all over Fox News, and... <laughs> that's just... It's a hotbed. Okay, fair enough. But, mind you, at the same time we're not allowed to do this, I looked in the lobby of my restaurant, and boom, there you have it, a nativity scene. <laughs> okay, that's a little... <laughs> that's a little different. WT fuck, people. <laughs> and it is funny that a lot of those places maintain that and yet they they play the songs like for his lord and all that well i don't know about that i swear to god if i hear mariah carey's christmas song all i want for christmas one more time right yeah it's a great christmas song but holy shit i keep changing the words in my mind to be like all i want for christmas are shoes (laughs) (laughs) you hear that nick cannon go get her some goddamn shoes are they still together I can't keep up with that shit. <laughs> you know, as, as if they are good for you, you you've lasted almost as long as Brangelina. <laughs> so my roommate got me a 3DS. I finally got a 3DS. It makes one of all us all this time. I've as longtime listeners know, I am a Pokemon trainer, and so a 3DS was a necessity that I was putting off. You know, the inevitable. So so you think you're better than me now because I just have a DS? No. Okay. I, I, I implied no such thing. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm happy for you, too, because I'll be like, you know, Nathan, can I borrow that? And I will and not let like, you borrow no. it. You can no. play it when you come over. <laughs> Even then, no, you no, cannot play it, that. No, put it down. Not while we're <laughs> podcasting. Get your greasy sausage fingers off my 3DS. So, have you heard of this game, Super Mario 3D Land? Heard of it. Not yep. not Super Mario 3D World, the new one for the Wii. Yeah, I assume, you know, just like how with Game Boy there was... Super Mario Land instead of Super Mario World. Yeah. So Super Mario 3D Land was for the 3DS. 
very good game. I got that, and I've been Mario playing games it. always seem to be pretty good. Solid, Mario games, solid game. I live. I've, you almost never go wrong with it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fantastic. Uh, I I noticed something though, Craig. I noticed something in this game that I don't think anyone's noticed yet. I googled. It's that the hills have eyes. I'm pretty sure people have noticed that. No, although that I've never really thought about it that way. The hills have eyes. Yeah, imagine if you stuck an arrow in it, it'd probably scream. Do you know the reason for that? Why they have eyes? Yeah, in the Mario universe. I'm being legitimate. Uh, because they were trapped. They're souls that are trapped in the hills. Yeah, actually, it's like. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> guess for the win. <laughs> In the original instruction booklet for Super Mario Brothers, the original Nintendo game. Okay. It says that Bowser stole the magic wand, used it to imprison the people of the Mushroom Kingdom, you know, the little toadies. Right. In, in blocks to turn them into rocks or trees or clouds. So every time you see a cloud or a block or a. Is that why the sun is face, so angry in Mario 3? No, I don't. I think the sun is just a different entity. Well, he turned them into inanimate objects. You, you got to give the t- little toadies credit because I, I tell you what, those hills look pretty damn happy to be where they are. Right. They're very zen now, now that they're not a, a moving organism and they're just an inanimate object. They found uh, an inner piece. Their, yeah, that they're middle ground. Okay, so apparently that's not what it was. Well, I noticed something in this game, a very small detail that made my jaw hit the floor. I don't think Nintendo of America noticed it, and somehow this made the American release. And Peach is pregnant? N- no, not not to my knowledge. Oh, good, because she's extremely reckless. I guess for, for this to make sense, you've got to have a little context. Um, do you know the Tanuki suit? I do. The one that turns to stone? Yeah. Okay. Do you know anything about the Tanuki, the animal that the Tanuki suit is based off of? No, I never really uh, got into Super Mario lore. No, 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 it's a real animal. Uh, the Tanuki is a real animal. Yes, like you, you had the frog I suit. I really thought it was suit. a made-up uh, name. No, it's, um, it's a real animal. It's also known as a raccoon dog, which gives you a perfect idea of what it is. Right, well, I, I could have guessed. Does it really turn to stone? No, oh. but it is really prevalent in like Japanese folklore and mythology. It has a huge, huge place in Japanese culture. It's their trickster deity, sort of. Known for his love of sake and, like, lascivious appetite for women. For women? Like, human women? Yes. So this actual animal uh, has a love for alcohol and bitches. Yes. Okay. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff like that in old mythology and folklore. And Tanuki, whenever he's depicted, whether in ancient art or modern art, is always depicted with a rather large set of testicles. Oh, we got big old balls. And now I assure you, everybody listening, I'm being 100% serious, earnest. I'm not trying to be funny. My sense of humor is not that juvenile. Mine is. Contrary to 30 episodes worth <laughs> of recorded material that, that may prove otherwise. 30 episodes of dick jokes. and <laughs> I admit to nothing. I admit to nothing. I, I plead innocent. <laughs> I'm being totally serious right now. In the final castle of the fifth world of Super Mario 3D Land, when you enter the castle, if you're wearing the Tanuki suit... Go on. There is a cinematic opening. Well, the cinematic opening is there whether you're wearing the Tanuki suit or not. But in order to notice this, you have to be wearing the Tanuki suit. The camera begins up high on the moon or something, pans down 
settles on Mario standing in front of the castle and takes a low angle looking up at Mario from behind. Oh, God. Mario. I don't think I like where this is, is going. Poised and ready to run into battle and fight his nemesis, King Bowser Koopa. And for a split second, before he runs too far away, you see between his legs two small little bulges, very, very, very clearly meant to be testicles. What? But it's, it's <laughs> such a small detail, and you have to have the exact conditions to be wearing that outfit when Do you go you... to that level. And But any other time throughout second. any part of the game, you can't really see it? No, you never get an angle to see it. Okay, so this, this, this is funny. Do you think like the designer was just like, <laughs> It's Japan. Look, they didn't, look what they I did. probably didn't think twice about it. Look what I did. You see, you see that? People are going to be this, see this and be like, It's, it's <laughs> not a taboo. There are, there's a children's movie about Tanuki. And they all have t- giant testicles. It's made by Studio Ghibli. Well, we should not allow this in America. Okay, I tell you what. The uh, this is what happens when the liberals take over. Oh well, man, like, that's funny though. I'm I'm I've showed it to a few people. I posted it online. There is a video on YouTube where you can kind of see it, but it's so grainy that you can't really see it that well. Some people are disputing it, saying no, it's his butt cheeks. But your butt cheeks aren't between your legs. And when Even he crouches, it's clearly it's hanging like, between his why, legs. Why would they just show it's your butt cheeks? very obvious. It's not there in any other suit, which his butt cheeks would be. It's, it's very obvious. <laughs> and knowing what I know about Japanese culture and the folklore and mythology surrounding Tanuki, there's not a doubt in my mind that's what it was meant to be. And nobody's noticed this yet. I, wanted, I was like, what do I do? Well, maybe you were I, the first person to uh, get there with a Tanuki suit. I was no. That's definitely not the case. But the first person to notice, it's a split second. But I saw it immediately. Watched it like four times. I'm like, yep, that's what it is. I just saw Mario's balls. I just in, saw Mario's balls in an official, canon, in continuity cutscene. I feel mildly uncomfortable, but I am. My mind is blown. Were they shaved? Well, the, I didn't. They were bulging through the Tanuki suit, or maybe they're just part of the Tanuki suit. Maybe they're not actually his balls. <laughs> they just have, a, like, a ball rest. Like, it's not his tail, you know? Right, right. Yeah. He's I got a nice know. little ball rest there for you in case, you know, you do have larger balls. Well, go Mario. Yeah, I, got, I was thinking about little, writing to Game Informer about it, but then I was like, then they'll just steal my story nuts. and they won't give me any credit. But if I break it on the podcast first and, and then, then Game they steal Informer steals my story, you heard it here first, people. Now we got a Back lawsuit. I don't know about that. You still try. <laughs> what if they listened to our podcast and decided to steal it after listening to our podcast? Before I wrote them. Yeah, no, you don't even have to write them. No. That's that's interesting. As Mario Balls. There you've had it. Mario's you Balls. Have it. Jingle Balls. No? Jingle um. all the way. As you're listening to this, you can go out on iTunes right now and... Oh, wait, no, that's that's the plugs. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you know one of my favorite bands is Alisana, right? Oh, yeah. Wow, I forgot about... I haven't listened to them in ages. Yeah, I. they're still kicking. They're, they're pretty still, cool. They are. And uh, as you know, they've become more of a... They, they've always kind of been a concept band. Yeah. Uh, they've actually have... The last two albums have been linked together. 
and they officially have come out with their first single from their new upcoming album. Oh. It's called Fatima Rasalka. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. You can find so it in the iTunes store. Uh, Middle Eastern myths or something. I don't know what it has to do with, but no, um, were, they're, they're, they're still they don't they won't even say what the name of the album is yet. What were the first two about? Uh, the first album I, I was you know I was gonna get into this, but this we can do this now. Uh, the first album, well, the first album of this new trilogy that they have. There's the final trilogy song of this character they call the artist. The first one is called the Emptiness which is loosely based on Edgar Allan Poe's story, Annabelle. Okay. Uh, and that really kicked ass. It was really cool. And they followed that one up, continuing on with the artist, in their next album called A Place Where the Sun is Silent, which was loosely based on the amazing poem, uh, part one of the Divine Comedy, uh, The Inferno, Dante's Inferno. Now, weren't there... Two albums before all that, too? There were. Uh, the first one was On Frail Wings of Vanity and Wax, which was all a bunch of different uh, songs based on Greek mythology. And the second album was called uh, Where Myths Fade to Legend. And that has the one song that you really liked in it as a Heroes fan. Uh, this is usually the part where people scream. I mean, I liked that reference. The Yeah, the Siler reference. Well, yeah, but I think it's a pretty kick-ass song. Uh, I think the whole album's pretty kick-ass. Yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, as far as screamo bands go. Yeah, like... well, they've been, you know, they're considered a lot. Um, a lot of people, they're technically, if you go on, like, iTunes, they'll have them listed as adult alternative, which really I wouldn't say <laughs> is. Uh, screamo. Oh, like, like Marcy Playground. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, screamo, metalcore, uh they said they, they even were mocking the whole, you know, different jumping genres uh, of different cores, you know, subgenres and whatnot. They were like, yeah, we might as well call it a sweet core or pop core. <laughs> uh, I think they're really cool. They're very uh, imaginative and innovative. They've grown a lot, I believe, in their music. A lot of it is has weighs heavily on the lyrics as well as their, you know, heavy guitar riffs and nice breakdowns. Have you listened to the new Dance Gavin Dance album? Not yet. Not it's, yet. I am. I, I do have that on my list to check out. It's pretty good. Uh, the new vocalist, Tillian Pearson, I believe it is, is, isn't is bad. No no Johnny Craig. It's different. Well, but, I uh, mean, you know, with a name like Craig, it's really hard act to follow. <laughs> You set They're, yourself up for that but one. But their voice is very unique, and uh, the vocal melodies and everything do kind of work their way into your head. I've actually got their, one stuck in my head right now, and I'd like to do. listen to it. A lot of the melodies really do. Yeah, I've been like singing this new Elisana song in my head like since I first heard it. It is, it is really kick-ass. It's, it's got everything I want from it. Yeah, but anyways, front, front man Sean Milk of Elisana says that this song, which I'm guessing is going to be track one on the album, bridges the gap between their last album and this album. His name's Sean Milk? Yep. That's Sean a Milk. pimp ass name. It is. Does he dress in like all white suits with fedoras he has, and feathers? He has in dressed cap? in an all white suit for a couple videos. Uh, but supposedly this album is going to be dropping sometime in early 2014. Sweet. Keep your eyes peeled for news. That's Check all the way next year, though. 
Oh, but guess what? We're only like a week away from next year. Isn't that so crazy? Like, damn you, math and the calendar. Well, you you know, you kind of like calendars always. People try to trick you. People try to trick you, you know. And you you'll see somebody on December thirtieth, and they'll be like, "See you next year." Like, what? What are you talking? What? You gotta wait a year? Oh, two days, you bastard! You sly (laughs) fuck you! You unsly dog. News B. B. So there's this pathobiologist researcher researching infectious diseases in nature. Uh, he studied in Africa, studying chimpanzees and shit they were doing. He gets home and for a couple days starts to get this like crazy pain in his nose, right? Oh no, I've read this book and scary stories to tell in the dark. Well, maybe it came true. I don't know, but this this is scary shit. And bravo to this man for not losing his shit. Because I think anybody other than a serious scientist that was, like, completely intrigued in this would have flipped out. So he finally takes, you know, awkward flashlight and mirrors to look up his nose to see oh, what's, no. what's in his know. nose. I don't want to know. It's a new species of tick burrowed deep in, inside his nose canal, uh, feed just feeding off of him. Oh, God. Yeah, and so, obviously, you know, they carry diseases themselves. And instead of losing his cool, he takes the most precautious of measures with some tweezers and whatnot and removes it cautiously and steadily from his nose, seals it up, and he's like, fucking A, I have a new species to research. He's looking at this as an awesome thing. He's like, that's a boss-ass tick. That's tick, a boss-ass tick. tick. That's a boss-ass tick. 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 Um, yeah, so the way he, he said, uh, he's like, I kind of admired the way the creature had evolved, you know, to, because uh, it was a tick apparently that was infesting the chimpanzees that he was researching. They had, you know, they had evolved to burrow themselves in the nose so they can just feed undetermined, you know, so they can just feed undisturbed, um, and they wouldn't get caught while grooming and shit, you know. So they just live off of the the host, like the blood sucking parasite they are. Sounds like a Republican. So yeah, it's ugh, yeah, it's a whole new DNA sequence of tick. It's it's a tick that. So I guess you could say that they were a nervous tick. It's a brand new species, and he's like, I discovered a new species. I'm awesome. However, me, I would have been like punching myself in the nose, <laughs> just trying to get it out. Yeah, seriously. I mean, <laughs> like, someone he, get it with a knife. And he, then, you know, I would have ended up con- uh, contracting some kind of crazy disease from it. He felt that tickle up there. Tick. And he, and well, he knew that the clock was ticking. But uh, rather than get ticked off. I officially right, hate out. you. I officially ran out of puns. <laughs> I officially hate you and puns at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, they're, it's called the Ugandan nostril tick. Oh, God, that's a good name for it. Mm-hmm. He was in Uganda. What a coincidence that... <laughs> that it just so happened. How did they know that this nostril tick would bury itself in a nostril? See, that, that's proof of, of a higher power. God works in mysterious ways, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you.
Just the facts. Santa Claus, also known as Kris Kringle, St. Nicholas, or Father Christmas, is a jolly fat man that totally exists and, b- and brings gifts to good kids on Christmas Eve. But not the naughty ones. Nope, they don't get shit. Well, yeah, they usually get gifts, too. Unfortunately. It's like a scare tactic, but he, he doesn't usually follow through. Right. He more follows through like poor kids don't get presents. Exactly, yeah. It's, instead of... They really should, you know, what if a kid just opened up the box and it was a lump of coal or a switch? Yeah, maybe what you're saying is that when you have children, you know, every couple of years you'll do that and be like, you should have been a better kid this year. Well, I mean, if, if they're, you know, really bad for one year, maybe I will. And they'll be like, set you straight, right? Right? Guess who saved on Christmas this year? <laughs> Santa Claus. Sa- Santa. Santa. Santa, 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 Santa did. Santa, Santa, Santa did. Guess who's got two thumbs and saved on Christmas? Well, see, Santa brings the gifts, but they don't. What they don't know is that you know we have to ship him the money to get by the gifts. <laughs> yeah, Santa's the service isn't free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you? you he doesn't get paid for what he does. So how the hell do you think he's gonna get all the gifts? Think he's gonna make? Oh yeah, he makes them. You think elves grow on trees? Apparently, they do not. So the historical Saint Nicholas was a 4th century Greek bishop who had a reputation for secretly giving gifts. And what a great guy. He would give gifts to poor people, people in need. Yeah, and he would leave coins in people's shoes so they didn't know that it was him giving it to them. Anonymous charity, if you will. There's actually one, I guess you could say it was a counted story, uh, that he had given dowries to a couple, to this one family, so that... Uh, this man's three daughters wouldn't have to become prostitutes. That's a good thing to do. Yeah, not, yeah. not prostitution. Nobody uh, wants to be a prostitute. So, Except for, you know, prostitutes that really enjoy their work. Except for Selena Kyle, apparently. Fucking Frank Miller. God. It always comes back to this. Uh, another legend says that during a terrible famine, a butcher lured and killed three young children. He, he lured them into his house and killed them. And, and Santa uh, Claus killed him with a with a machete. No. Um, oh, I thought you meant the children. I'm like, no, St. Nicholas didn't kill the children. God, no. Oh, yeah, St. Nicholas. Yeah, 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 St. Nicholas. That's what I meant. Uh, well, no, the butcher. The butcher did, and he put the remains in a barrel to cure, planning to sell them as ham because he was fucked up. That's I mean, it was sick, a famine. Son of a he needed bitch. money. And, and uh, St. Nicholas showed up in town looking to help the hungry. And he saw through the butcher's plan and resurrected the three boys from the barrel by his prayers. So he really... St. Nicholas really was magical. Well, I mean, that's a legend. I, I, I didn't say that it was. this wasn't reported by the I New feel York like, Times. Yeah, I, or the Huffington Post. It was reported <laughs> by Weekly World News. Fair enough. Santa Claus's origins are an amalgamation of St. Nicholas, Odin... Uh, Siberian shamanism, the Dutch Sinterklaas, uh, the English Father Christmas, and a 1930s Coca-Cola advertising campaign. Go figure. And it's funny you say that because there were a lot of conspiracies about how uh, Coca-Cola created Santa Claus. Like Santa Claus didn't exist before Coca-Cola. R- right, right. And that's why he was red and he wore red and white because those were Coca-Cola's colors. Um, obviously, it's all bullshit be like the da vinci code yeah that's a movie right there dude no the da vinci clause but like you know like the santa claus yeah no i I feel like claws i feel like you're brushing into uh tim allen territory 
Uh, keep an eye out for that Kickstarter of ours to, <laughs> to make these movies. Some of early uh, depictions of Santa Claus himself, as in Washington Irving's History of New York. Uh, you know, this is after Sinterklaas was, was Americanized and he became Santa Claus in America. So Washington Irving, that's the guy that did uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yes, yes, the uh, Johnny Depp movie, yeah. Yes. <laughs> of course. Very, very skilled filmmaker. <laughs> yes, he was. But his first depiction of him, you know, they had a picture of him. He was basically a thick-bellied Dutch sailor, and he had a green winter coat, and he smoked a pipe. And I thought that was, uh, I didn't think, you know, I never took Santa for a smoker. No, I, I, I totally see Santa smoking a pipe. Ho, 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 ho. Where's my Coca-Cola? Every house has cookies. Anyone want to leave a fucking Newport out for Santa Claus? <laughs> Santa smokes Newports. You heard it first. And it's interesting, too, that it all ties back that a lot of Santa's image is also derived from Odin, which we talked a lot about yeah, last... With the Wild Hunt. Yeah, and last time. The, and Yule. The beard, a lot of the symbolism, and Odin also has a lot of ties to Jesus who also has a lot of ties to Santa Claus, who was in Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. Is that the five degrees of Santa Claus? <laughs> yes. Five degrees of Santa Claus. It wasn't until more modernly, you know, uh, written in poems and whatnot, that he was described as more chubby, plump. Uh, originally, they called him a jolly old elf, which makes sense. Yeah, that was something I wanted to ask you. Do you do you think of Santa as an elf or a human? I always pictured him as a human slave driver. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> just, um, just killing spirits. All right, I, no. I always think of Santa as a human, but he was raised by elves. He, he's like the Mowgli, the Mowgli of elves, if you will. The leader? He was raised by elves, taken in by elves. Oh, okay. And, uh, a human that was raised by elves. Yeah, so he's like an elf, like Mowgli's like a wolf. Hmm. Yeah, sure. I guess. I never thought of it that way. But. Like a Santa to an elf, like a Mowgli to a wolf. I'm the, trying to go on the jungle spoken claws. word shit here. The Jungle Claws. Now that is a movie I would <laughs> fucking watch. Yup. Reindeer to me. <laughs> Jeez, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> Santa Claus, of course, lives up at the North Pole. Postal code... H-0-H-0-H-0. Or, ho, ho, ho? Yeah, that's according to the Canadian Postal Service, which is the people that deliver letters in Canada, not not like the Canadian Ben Gibbard and Dintel pair-up. Right, <laughs> right. Tronica well, funny, project. funny you say that, because the Prime Minister of Canada had actually declared uh, Santa a citizen of Canada. Oh. And he gave Santa Claus citizenship really? and also said that and when he's done delivering toys all over the world, he has free reign to come back in. He doesn't have to go through customs or nothing. Santa Claus gets a free pass. I wonder how many, like, crazy bearded nutso fucking I'm Santa Claus! <laughs> I'm Santa Claus. I could just come through customs. Well, you know, you got to be on the sleigh with a reindeer, too, you know. We need to see identification. I have this copy of my Santa manifesto. Okay. It's a Santa festo. No, they asked for identification. He just pulls out a Coca-Cola calendar, a winter <laughs> calendar. 
He's like, there, there's me. Okay. Everything checks out. Let him in. <laughs> Sir, that's just the December page of the Coca-Cola annual calendar from three years ago. <laughs> it's expired. Even if it were a valid ID, it's expired. Are you bringing in any goods to this country? <laughs> any foreign goods? Sir Max Headroom is in this Coca-Cola calendar. <laughs> this is clearly expired. <laughs> this calendar is from 1957. <laughs> Max Headroom was not around in 1950. See, that's how you know it's it's real. I I think this is counterfeit. (laughs) That's how you know it's real. I'm magic. I can make this happen. How the fuck does Max Headroom find his way into our Santa Claus? (laughs) He had to fit in somewhere. So, yeah, he lives up at the North Pole with his magical elves and nine flying reindeer. Not Max Headroom, mind you, Santa Claus. Uh, His elves make the toys... He keeps a list of the good and bad children and delivers the toys to the good kids and coal to the bad kids on Christmas Eve in a sleigh drawn through the sky by his nine flying reindeer. Well, really, the coal is more of an American-Canadian tradition. So is Rudolph. So are a lot of aspects. Yeah. Santa Claus is a big melting pot of so many. Of all sorts of traditions. He was once an honored guest at Princess Ozma of Oz's birthday party. Princess Ozma? Yeah, of Oz. The, the magical land of Oz. Oh, yeah. Uh, Princess Ozma is the rightful ruler of Oz, who, after the wizard oh. left, ended up reclaiming the throne. That makes sense. L. Frank yeah. Baum did create a wonderful Santa Claus He actually story. wrote an entire book about Santa Claus. The Life and Adventures? Yeah. Uh, in Baum's universe, Santa is a man who was raised by immortals and eventually granted immortality. He was raised by the immortals and had an awesome childhood, but when he went out into the real world and saw the suffering of children in he the couldn't outside get a job. world, yeah, and he couldn't get a job, uh, he, he kind of became determined to find a way to bring joy into the lives of those less fortunate and so invented toys so that well, unfortunate children would have something in their life to bring them joy. Well, good for him, but I call bullshit on that because according to him, the reindeer did not fly. They just leaped very high. Yeah. Well, maybe we don't have to, maybe you make your own cannon. Last time I made my own cannon, I got slapped with a hefty old fine. They said I was disturbing the peace, but you know. A cannon with one end. Well, excuse me, I guess it has two ends as opposed to three. Well, it's not my fault that the slow match burned it so quick. I told you not to take advice from Guy Fox, Craig. The cannon wouldn't even have worked. Oi, don't be using my name in this here. I told you, I'm John Johnson. Then we didn't use your name. Christ. Christ on a cracker. I like that L. Frank Baum's story of Santa sort of mirrors the story of Siddhartha Gautama, the historical Buddha. If you know much about him. I do not. He was raised living a very sheltered life as the son of a king. And when he finally left the royal grounds and went out into the city and saw all the old people and the sick people suffering and the poor people, um, was determined to find a way to end suffering, to find the cause of suffering. And, and isn't out how Buddha depicted it. as a jolly fat man? No, no. Um, that's, that's a Buddha. That's a different person oh. who taught the teachings years and years down the line. The, the actual original Buddha was the skinny guy you see in statues sitting there meditating with the beads on his head. Oh, okay. I, uh, it's been a long time, but in my senior year of high school, I did read the book Siddhartha. 
Oh, okay. Well, Nathan, behind every great man, there is undoubtedly a great woman, uh, which would be, in this case, Mrs. Claus, his hot old wife. I like to picture Mrs. Claus as being hot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I usually picture her as being old. Old? Yeah. Well, sh- whatever. She'd no, you hot. think Santa's got a young trophy wife? Yeah, he certainly does. And she knows she bakes and all sorts of cookies for him. I, which, you know what? I don't think really she should need to bake cookies for him. He fills up on he enough cookies. He has elves to do that. Well, he fills oh, up yeah. on enough cookies out and about, you know, traipsing across town. You think he eats them all that night or does he like take some for home? See, I, I feel like he's got it because at least... With me every year, you know, he would, uh, he knows moderation because, you know, he would, he would leave like a quarter of the cookie or half of right. the cookie. <laughs> He'd always leave some crumbs and half Always a crumbs. Yeah. And he wouldn't drink the whole glass. Which is of honestly milk. like finish the plate, Santa. If you're, if you're going to have some, finish the plate. But, but no, also, no one wants know, to he, eat after he, you or clean up after you. He's, you got to think he's got millions of cookies to eat that night. Millions of cookies. So can you, uh, it makes sense that he's fat. I'm just saying. <laughs> The rest of the year, he could have pot roast, whatever. I don't picture Mrs. Claus as sexy, maybe in her earlier days. But in her heyday? Uh, one aspect of the Santa mythology, which isn't very consistent, but seems to pop up very often, is Santa's daughter. Yeah, I didn't uh, know that he had one. Well, I mean, her name and personality frequently vary, but he's very often depicted with a daughter. Um, It's interesting because a lot of early art of Mrs. Claus, some of the first times that she was popping up in popular culture, would show her holding a baby. And then later on, as the myths developed, Santa would start to have a daughter, especially in more modern years, it's happened more than ever. So it's almost like that baby grew up over the last century. Um, The first work with Santa's daughter was a short play in 1892 called Santa Claus's Daughter. And, uh, Very creative. I gotta, and, I gotta give them props for uh, for titling that. <laughs> In this, she was known as Kitty Claus. Kitty Other got Claus. Oh my god! I never noticed that. Ah, uh, Kitty Claus. <gasps> That's adorable. What an adorable <laughs> name. I want to get a kid oh, on really Christmas just, and name it Kitty Claus. It's really just Grumpy Cat. That's my goal, though. Some at some point in my life. If I'm thinking about getting a kitten, I'm going to wait till Christmas so I can get it on Christmas and name it Kitty Claus. That's your next goal in life. People be like, what's the cat's name? Be like, Kitty. Be like, that's real creative. I'll be like, no, 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 because I got her on Christmas. Her name's Kitty Claus. Oh, Santa's daughter. Santa's daughter is actually a cat. It would be Santa's cat. (laughs) uh, Other names given to his daughter over the years include Holly Claus, Kristen Claus, Mary Claus, Annie Claus, and my personal favorite, Jingle Bell Claus. Jingle Um, Bell Claus? You don't know Jingle Bell? Like B-E-L-L-E, Bell, like Jingle Bell. What what about? Uh, Jingle Bell was actually created by Paul Dini, you may know as the creator of Harley Quinn from Batman. Also may know him as one of the more talented writers of Tiny Toon Adventures or Animaniacs. A lot of cartoons, yeah. Yeah, Jingle Bell is really cool. I think he releases like an annual Jingle Bell comic every year. I should look. I'm looking forward to seeing if there was one this year. Yeah, I I definitely am now interested in... And checking that out. I love Paul Dini's works. Along with the main family, as we have said, it is possible that he was raised by elves. They're considered Santa's helpers. It seems like a lot of them tend to uh, live in, in the North Pole with him uh, at his workshop. They get everything ready for the big night. Uh, they make the toys. They prep the sleigh. They feed the reindeer. So do you think they're making like 
PS4s and Xbox Ones this year. They spent the whole year just. I mean, how does that work? Do you think like uh, I don't, Santa I mean, gets a pension from Sony? And well, it was it was a lot easier back then when they just had to make uh, wooden trains, like and uh, little toy trains, little tin drums, Rudy Toot Toots, Rummy Tum Tums. What sure. Are, what are Rudy Toot Toots and Rummy Tum Tums? I always thought a Rudy Toot Toot was a fart. I don't think that that's what Santa brought kids for Christmas. I'd be pretty upset. <laughs> Mom, Mommy, I think Daddy. Santa just farted into my stocking and left. It smells like cheese. And all I got was rummy tum-tums. I don't even have acid reflux. You know, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, they would have to have exclusive deals with Sony and whatnot to be able to make them. Who knows? Maybe now it's more of a... Uh, they, like, they jailbreak them? Yeah. They, <laughs> they jailbreak iPhones and they, shit. They get them... They get them made by the people that make them, and now they're just kind of like in charge of... Like they're a licensed distributor. Yeah, getting getting the shipments in. Santa probably has so much legal matters to cover. Like, he's spending all oh, absolutely. year covering all that Ever shit. since the invention of lawyers, he's like scratching his head constantly. Uh, he's also assisted by underpants gnomes, so I'm sure that lightens the workload a little bit, especially with the, uh, like, all the clothes that... Would that be, uh, would that be pillow pants? No, underpants gnomes. Yeah, in South Park. Oh... You got me, man. I, I, you know how long it's been since, since I've even thought about that episode of South Park? Also, it's worth noting, in the uh, like mid to late 90s for a period, Santa actually did relocate from the North Pole to Leonardo, New Jersey. Uh, I believe the exact address was uh, 58B Leonard Ave. I might be mistaken. But, uh, oh, is that right in between the quick stop and the and the video store? Yeah, a, a small convenience store and a small video store, both uh, home-owned in Leonard, New too. Jersey. <laughs> and uh, he, he lo- relocated there, hired some freelance uh, help to assist with the elves, and eventually packed up and, I assume, presumably went back to the North Pole. So as we all know, Santa's sleigh is drawn by his nine favorite reindeer. Those would be Rudolph, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. It's funny because I wrote, I for some reason just want to remind myself, I write all these in my notes. And and when I got to Donner, apparently I didn't realize the autocorrect changing it to dinner. <laughs> so so now he <laughs> only's got eight reindeer. Venison? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Donner's name keeps getting changed because it was originally Dunder. Dunder, the right? Dutch word for thunder, and Blitzen's original name was Blixum, the Dutch word for lightning. And also, if you follow uh, lore of holiday specials, uh, Blitzen is Rudolph's dad. Well, Donner's Rudolph's dad in a lot too. Oh yeah. So it's it's all Rudolph's parentage is a point of contention. Either way, can we just agree that the kid's a mutant? Rudolph's parentage is kind of a point of contention. It's different depending on who approaches the issue. Either way, can we all agree that Rudolph's just a mutant? Sure. Glowing red noses and such. It sounds like you're saying it with such a negative connotation. Take it how you want. I'm just saying he's a mutant. Uh, (laughs) When Rudolph was introduced, actually, a red nose was synonymous with being an alcoholic drunkard. So that kind of... It gives you some context to the story that it was ah uh-huh, like, the 20s it wasn't just like who cares it's a reindeer with a red nose it was like they were making fun of him because he had um quality that was frequently associated with bums you know and like, okay people that you know weren't weren't worth your time 
Or clowns. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what do you think? I'm here to amuse you? I'm here to light your fucking sleigh? Uh, a lot of traditions say that the reindeer can only fly on Christmas Eve. I mean, what do you believe, Craig? I believe in miracles. Do you believe that the, the reindeer can fly all year round or only on that one night? I think it would make more sense if it was just only on that one night because, you know, if they could fly around whenever they want, they'd probably abuse it, I think. <laughs> the reindeer would just abuse that privilege. and Santa's like, I can't keep these fucking reindeer. What's the point of fences anyway when they could just fly over them? Uh, other reindeer attributed to Santa... Flossy, glossy, racer, pacer, fearless, peerless, ready, steady, feckless, speckless. Those are all, uh, I'm sorry, feckless and speckless. Those are all the reindeer in the life and times of Santa Claus or whatever by L. Frank Baum. They just weren't good enough to man the sleigh. No, they did. In, oh, they, in, they've in all Frank done it? Baum's book, yeah. So I'm sure they, they, had take their, turns? they had their run in the spotlight one year or another. So, so they're like the veterans, retired vets. Uh, there's it. also Poncho, Pedro, Fireball, Thrasher, uh, Mitzi, who's Rudolph's mom, Arrow, Rudolph's cousin, uh, Leroy, Rudolph's redneck cousin, Rusty, Rudolph's brother, Ralph, uh, Rudolph's other brother, who had an infrared nose, uh, Robbie, Rudolph's oh. son, Clarice, Rudolph's love interest, and presumably Robbie's mother, uh, Zoe, another one of Rudolph's earlier love interests, uh, Chet, Steven, Fluffy, Horace, Chantel, Skippy, Rainbow, Patches, Montel. Patches was always my favorite. Holly, Nico, who was Prancer's son. Uh, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, Carter, Reagan, Bush, Clinton, and Olive, the dog that filled in for Blitzen for a year. Uh, Olive? What about, uh, what's the Grinch's dog's name? I don't know, but he wasn't one of Santa's, Santa's reindeer. He was a Grinch's reindeer. Yeah, but I said other reindeer attributed to Santa. These and not the all Grinch. Flowing for Santa. What about the metal bots in Futurama? Those weren't Santa's reindeer. Those were Santa's reindeer. I thought they were robot Santa's reindeer. It's still Santa. No, he's not. It's a Santa. No, it's not. It's a Santa. It's working for me. I'm not getting that technical. While we are talking about Santa's reindeer, uh, how about talking a little little shit about real reindeer? Uh, actual, just random, any normal everyday reindeer, i.e. caribou. Okay. There's been a point of contention on Santa's reindeer on whether or not they were male or female. Everybody's always wondered that. Uh, well, I thought some of them were male and some of them were female. Right. But... I mean, I don't think Vixen is a male. Science. Science here. If we're going <clears> to <throat> apply anything to flying reindeer i think it should be science and logic always always well because in real life reindeer both male and female have antlers that is correct and during the winter time the males actually shed their antlers completely so if they have antlers on christmas eve they're supposed to they're technically a woman but the thing is they are magical maybe they don't lose their antlers because they're magical antlers Man, you always got to bring magic into it. Well, I mean, then... Rudolph is definitely a boy, and Rudolph has his antlers, so who's to say the other? I mean, granted, he's so a new guy. you got a nitpicky science guy that's like, nope, it's wrong. It has to be a girl. 
The same mutant gene that causes for the glowing red nose also causes for the... Shut up, Rudyard Kipling. <laughs> okay, anyways. And they can actually run up to almost 50 miles an hour. So I'd say, you know, it's pretty fucking fast. How fast them. can they fly? Ah, uh, at least trice the speed. That's pretty fucking impressive, but yeah. I still don't think it'd get you around the world in one night. Stopping at every house. Well, you see, what we don't know about is that Santa hits uh, little portals, little pockets in time and skips. See, a lot of people skips like, time. think, does he use time travel? He's got to he be a time skipper. Time? Does he teleport? This is uh, the way I see it. It's kind of like Schrodinger's cat. You know, do you know about that? Schrodinger's cat, like the cat in the box. Yes. And you fire a laser through the box. Is the cat dead or alive? Until someone opens the box and you looks don't know. at it, then you don't know. Now, first of all, let me preface this with okay, I, think, so I think that whole thing is bullshit because they say, oh, there's no observer. So until there's an observer, it's, it's both and neither. No, there was an observer. The fucking cat, you fucking prick. That cat knows whether or not it's dead and the cat died are you just saying this because the cat is a living being so what if are you saying if we put a person in the box by a person (laughs) i mean a human i could just imagine that it just the cops are like are there any dead bodies in here they're like not yet don't open that don't open the box and they're not (laughs) but uh i see it kind of like that in that you don't see santa claus making his way all the way around the world in one night, so it doesn't matter. Kind of like how you don't see how Jason Voorhees got ahead of the t- screaming teenager. Oh yeah, when the he fastest was two walker blocks behind him, and he only walks slowly. Yeah, I don't think Jason has the ability to teleport or manipulate time. I just think he's a scary motherfucker. You don't know what the fuck he's doing. Same thing with Batman. Same thing with Santa Claus. Why can't Santa Claus? Wouldn't that be, be on awesome? Wait, Jason hold on. Voorhees You're just Batman. breaking things down now. What if they could manipulate time, and that's how they did it? I know you don't care because you can't see it, so it doesn't. They don't do any of it because of Schrodinger. <laughs> but wouldn't I'm that? Glad, just, I'm glad you grasped what I was saying. <laughs> I feel like that's the only conclusion I, you could come to right here. But I feel like they do. Yeah, he's he's a time manipulator, or maybe he's, he's not Lord? Santa. Like, you think that Santa is the twelfth Doctor? Well, now I am. <laughs> At first, I was just thinking that he was, you know, maybe hitting time portals, like little wormholes out there and that's how he was getting everywhere okay but now i think he's a time lord that would make sense that would mean that at any given moment on christmas eve there are several santa clauses all over the world if he's using like wormholes that go to different points in time throughout that night yeah so he leaves our house at 12:45 a.m takes a wormhole and to gets... 12 30 yeah, a.m exactly. to across the street takes another wormhole hole to 12:47 a.m. to the neighbors and then goes back to 12:29. Yeah, so, so yeah, that right means down that on at the same time there's a Santa in Afghanistan street. or as I like to call it at this time of the year Afghanistan. Um Afghanistan? <laughs> Classy. Japan like or as I Japan-istan? like to call it No, there's no easy way to do that. There's a couple Santas in Santa Fe or as I like to call it around this time of the year Santa Fe. Of course, you can call it anything else. Santa Barbara. You got Santa Clara Santas. They're all over the place, man. Uh, Now we're treading into some dangerous territory. Don't want to go there. Show of hands, how many of you out there have heard of uh, Zwarte Piet or Black Pete 
this is a really interesting aspect to the Santa Claus it's a, it's a rather touchy subject too yeah we're just educating you about some things that go on around the world now here in America one of the big popular pieces of the Santa mythos is Rudolph that's an American creation in other places like the Netherlands and a few other countries around the world there is a character known as Black Pete eesh Black Pete is a slave that Santa Claus freed, who later swore his allegiance to Santa as repayment for freeing him, and so swore to serve him for the rest of his life. Death, yeah. Thank so you we for... don't even need to play the is it racist game because this is just the Thank worst. You. Well, I mean, he, I think the main problem is the even bigger problem is that it's usually played by a white person in blackface. Yeah. In celebrations? Yeah, this isn't like an addition of the uh, African Netherlandian uh, culture. I don't know if that's a thing or not. Apparently you know, it is. Um, it, this is, yeah. And, uh, like, thank you, Santa, for freeing me from a life of servitude. So in, I in return, I offer you a life of servitude. Servitude. Uh, so he, yeah, he helps him deliver the presents. I guess the elves make the presents, and Zwarte Piet's the one who goes along with Santa and helps him deliver the presents. Uh, yeah, he likes giving candy to kids, mostly. He's, he's really acrobatic, too. Very nimble. Rather quick on his feet. Uh, interestingly enough, in modern times, now that it is kind of becoming known around the world that it's not cool to do that shit. Uh, apologists and whatnot are trying to explain the character away as actually a white dude who worked as a chimney sweep for so Oh, and long he's just covered in soot. Black. Oh, okay. Okay. Whew. I was like getting nervous for a while, like thinking of all the hate mail that we're about to get for this. But yeah, Why, he's wait, just covered no. in soot. Hold on. He's Why covered would we in get soot. Hate mail? We don't celebrate. We shouldn't even be we're talking not, about this subject here. We shouldn't be talking about it. That is ignorant. That is ignorance. That's ignorant. Avoiding a subject because it might be touchy is straight ignorance. This is something that really happens annually every year around the world, and it's really interesting. It's really interesting. I've always loved Santa, been a big fan of the whole Santa culture and Santa mythos and Christmas culture. It's hard for me to fit him into that and, and not feel icky about it. So while that character's not cool, there's one more unorthodox character in the Santa mythos that I think we could all get down with. Uh, it should be feared by naughty children everywhere. Okay, I'm totally cool with this one. Uh, the Krampus. Yeah, the Krampus. The Krampus. Uh, show of hands, who's familiar with the Krampus? I can't actually see anybody, but... Oh, probably because, I mean, I'm sure all the German kids are like, yeah. There's just like one dude raising his <laughs> hand on the bus, and he's like, oh. <laughs> Everybody else around him's like... The fuck? Is this? Is What's going stop? on? Are you requesting And then I just realized that... a request of a stop? The Krampus, oh man, an evil demon that Santa's like, like mastered and taken control over like a Pokemon. Like, yeah, like the Krampus is, is kind of his bitch. And he's like, you know what? This kid's been naughty. You go and beat him. Yeah, he punishes the bad children. So he delivers the coal or beats the children or With a birch scares switch. the shit out of them. And uh, takes especially bad children in his sack and carries them away. Um, I also kind of think of it... Not only as almost like Santa's Pokemon, but like, I, I think of it like, 
like Solomon. Like, have you heard like the stories of King Solomon, like cutting things demons? in half? No, like how he how he had supposedly conquered so many demons and like experimented in. No, he just had demons magic. doing his bidding. For yeah, him? exactly. Is that is that what happened? Yeah, he had like magical seals that would trap demons. You know what I mean? Symbols and stuff. So I almost kind of see. Okay. The Santa thing almost reflects that in the sense that he has like dominated this demon like so thoroughly too. He must have some type of like I see him having a little pocketbook with this with seals in it, keeping Krampus yeah. under his control. But if you ever lost that book, all hell would break loose. Oh my god. I would it would be like uh like in Hellraiser. Just all the xenobites would just come <laughs> from everywhere. Yes, yes. Krampus also takes the ride on the sleigh with him often. Although I think they sometimes uh, part ways so he can go deal with the bad kids while Santa deals with the good kids. But I think more or less he rides around with Santa. Maybe they split off and meet back up at the sleigh. Yeah, Santa's like, um, I gotta go get the good kids on this street. He's like, okay, I'll be back in my sack. <laughs> Is that like <laughs> Beetle Krampus? <laughs> Beetle Krampus, Beetle Krampus, Beetle Krampus. All right, no, let's, let's go. Let's go, Craig. We're going to do it. All right. Krampus voices. Take one. Go. <laughs> I'm going to... No. Take two. Go. <laughs> Take three. Go. <laughs> Chupa Krampus. Take four. Go. Yeah. Take five, go. Affleck. Take six, go. Well, I see a pretty big lot of naughty children this year. Well, I got a lump of coal for you. I got two of them, I do. The Krampus. One of the really most interesting aspects of Christmas mythology and is actually really prevalent all over the world. Like, here, not so much. Did you know there's actually, like, in nativity scenes... There's a Krampus in the nativity scene? Yes. Is it the goat? In the countries where they do this. No, in the countries where they do this. And he's taking a shit. And this is like a vital part of the nativity scene. Wait, really? A politician once tried to get rid of it and people were pissed. He's taking a shit in the nativity scene? We're not trying to be funny. Was he just in the corner of the barn? Like, I promise you, we're not trying to insult anybody's religion. This is a true practice by actual Christians. Like, this is a real thing. Like... In a lot of places all over the world, like we talked about with the Tanuki earlier, certain things aren't so much of a taboo. Or maybe they are, but the fact that they're a taboo isn't so much of a taboo. Deep. You're getting so philosophical to Tabooception. Is this, is this what Santa does to you? What Santa does to me is a taboo in and of itself. Santa, baby. Oh, you're such a dirty, dirty boy. <laughs> Please never, ever, <laughs> ever say that to me again. Please, I, I beg of you. Oh, no, uh, no problem. I'm going to start a Kickstarter to get Craig to never say that to me again. Hey, if we can get money the for it, I, I won't. donated more than they've donated to any of these other non-existent Kickstarters. After you're done visiting our Kickstarter at kickstarter.kickstarter slash fairpoint.kickpoint slash faircom... Um, please go to facebook.com slash fairpoint podcast, like the page, uh, check out yes. our pictures, check out some of the posts, 
get updates on all the new upcoming episodes, news about the podcast, even some extras. Sometimes you'll get an extra video or, you know, maybe maybe yeah. whatever. And from there, you should head on over to iTunes and make sure you click subscribe and leave a little review. Uh, some stars? How about yeah. some stars? You got, you got four stars for us? You got five stars? I haven't got a star since like fourth grade when I got a blue star for getting a B. Oh, I'm man. I don't, I don't know. You got to get sure the... I, I was more of a good job sticker kind of kid. Oh, okay. Like a smiley face? Yeah. Ninja Thumbs up. on a good day. Oh, my God. That, that was the best. You were like, what? Like, I'm so getting 100 on the spelling test so I can get this Ninja Turtle sticker that just, like, has Leonardo holding a thumbs up. And the only way we know to recreate that feeling is going to the iTunes and seeing that there's a new rating or a new review. Like, it's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty true. It's a pretty cool feeling. And uh, cool, it keeps cool. the podcast alive. Uh, follow us on Twitter, definitely, at Fairpoint Pod. It's uh, Twitter, yeah. You know, yeah. we do Twitter it's, things on there. Yeah, I know most people do. YouTube.com slash Fairpoint Podcast. That's there, too. And uh, send us an email at fairpointpodcast at yahoo.com. Give us some episode ideas. Give us some feedback. Tell us we're full of shit. Whatever you want. We're there. We'll respond. Uh, we'll hopefully get around to addressing it on air. Definitely, definitely. And you know what, Nathan? You know what make me feel super great is that while they're hearing this, you know, it's like they're eating their meat pies on Christmas Day. They're, they had... <laughs> They had opened their presents. The family's just sitting silently at the, the dinner table with their iPod headphones in. <laughs> Listening to us. Like, oh, look, cool. I just got a new uh, MP3 player. I got my new smartphone. I'm, I'm now going to listen to them and their Christmas episode on it. On the iTunes app. Uh, the iTunes app. We don't need to plug iTunes. <laughs> Well, I'm drinking a Coca-Cola with Max Headroom and uh, Santa Claus over here. None of that eggnog shit. Thank you for listening, lis- li- listening, listening from the secret room. I'm Max Head, Max, Max Head, Max Head, Max Head, Nathan Capiser. And I'm Crick, 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 Craig Lewis. Merry Christmas, all. Merry Christmas. We'll see you guys next year. Fairpoint is fucking weekly again. Oh, and, and, and hold on, hold on, hold on. Can just, we just go? Just to stop the music Come on, I, for a second. I want to. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I want to play Mario Kart. Next week, January 1st, the first day of 2014, Fairpoint's back to weekly. We will be kicking off the new year with a special New Year's episode. We're going to take a look back at a lot of outtakes from previous episodes. Now, I know this may sound like a cop-out idea. That's right, everybody. First day of the new year, we're doing a clip show. But this is actually one of the coolest episodes we've done. Uh, it's, it's all never-before-heard stuff. Uh, some of it more that. interesting than other parts, but some really funny stuff. Some cool shit from Brandon Dyer, the, the Blurry Photos guys, Dave Stecco and Dave Flora, and rap group New Era, and... Just random bullshit, me and Craig having a good time. Stuff you didn't hear before. Uh, We promise you, this isn't just a cop-out episode. 
It's really cool. Stick it out. If you listen to the first outtake and you don't like it, don't think they're all going to be the same. All right, now that Nathan's done that, can we can we go? I've uh, checked out about five minutes ago. Yeah, I don't know how to end it now. Now it's just awkward. You hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, you hang no. up first. Come on, dude, you hang up first. All right, how about we're gonna we're gonna count to three and we both hang up Click. the same. Craig, Craig, Craig Lewis. Beep. I'm so alone. Randira, to me!